Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brighton Krumah. Reverend Brighton Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Story could have been different today. But Lord, your grace abounds. That is why we seek you. May we never be tired of serving you. For it is by your grace that we are here today. We glorify your name. We pray for long life for the bishop. Long life for the Healing Jesus team. Long life Healing Jesus campaign. That it will go on and many, many, many souls will be saved. Let there be no interruption, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we come against the works of the enemy. We come against the works of darkness. We come against any principality and powers that rise up against us also. Father, we are grateful. The days that we travel, the times that we travel, the places where we travel, when we sit in cars and we drive, when we sit on buses and on trains and on aircraft, Father, many, many sit on them and they don't return. They don't arrive to their destination. But by your grace, we are here today. It means you have carried us and you have brought us back. Lord, have mercy upon us and protect us, preserve us, keep us, and let all your plans that you have concerning us come to pass before you call us. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's clap for the Lord. Indeed, let's clap for the Lord. Indeed, God is good. I said God is good. I said God is good. And all the time. Amen. Let's serve God well. Let's serve God well. Let's serve God well. It's never in vain to serve God. It's never in vain to serve God. Amen. Wonderful. Well, this evening you are all welcome to this sanctuary on behalf of the presiding bishop. And um, we want to bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, we are thankful and grateful tonight. We thank you for our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you have counted us among the land of the living. We pray, Lord, as you have preserved us, Lord, we know you have plans concerning our lives. And your word says they are plans of peace and not of evil to give us and to bring us to an expected end. Lord, we pray tonight that you speak to our hearts. Let your word come forth and let it not return to you void, but let it accomplish the purpose and the plans for which you send it. We glorify your name. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Why don't you take your seats? And we want to hear the word of God for a few minutes. You are all welcome to our word power service. And tonight, I want us to continue with our message on the good work that God has begun in you. The good work 
that God has begun in you. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. The Bible says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Being confident in this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I see also that God has begun a good work in our instrumentalists. What do you think? I think um, God is working really hard on them. And they are coming along powerfully. Glory to God. The scripture says, being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, it speaks to the fact that you have a tendency not to be confident that God has begun a good work in you. And that also God is doing a good work in you. And that the good work will continue. It is not finished. It will continue until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, in this particular message, we are talking about the different ways or the different areas in our lives that God is doing a good work. And we talk about the good work that God is doing in our spirits, the good work that God is doing in our soul, the good work that God is doing in our flesh. Is it not so? Yes, and we talk about different dimensions that God is working on us. We spoke about the different dimensions that God is working on us. We also will talk about it. We are talking about the good work that God is doing in our finances, the good work that God is doing in our character and personality, the good work that God is doing in our marriage and relationships. And the good work that God is doing in us becoming a leader. Amen. Amen. And this we have shared so many dimensions or so many areas where God is doing a good work. And I believe the last time we were talking about the good work that God is doing in our flesh, in our spirit. Isn't that so? We talk about the good work that God is doing in our spirit. And in that we talk about the different dimensions of our spirit. We talk about the unsaved human spirit, the different areas of the spirit, the human spirit. There's an unsaved human spirit or the spirit of the unbeliever. And then we talk about the born again spirit of a man. And then the baby stage of the born again spirit. And then the child stage of the born again spirit. And we talk about the characteristics of all these stages. We talk about the adult or the mature stage of the born-again spirit. Are you all with me? Do you remember all of this? And then we talk about the contaminated or the impure heart. The contaminated or the impure heart or the impure spirit. And this we shared so much. We talk about how that the soul borders with the spirit. There's a border between the soul and the spirit and 
if you recollect, we share that the spirit, the, the soul feeds into the spirit if we allow it. That the things that come from the outside are the things that come to our soul. And we said the soul comprises of our emotions, of our mind, and of our what? Of our will. Do you remember? And we talk about the senses, the five senses that feed the soul. The five senses that feed the soul. You look at me like you don't remember any of these things. <laughs> that we didn't talk about them. Do you remember? Yes. Talk about the five senses. And these things feed the spirit. And that is why the scripture says in Proverbs 4.23 that keep thy heart or thy spirit. And we say that the spirit, when the Bible talks about the heart, it is not your heart as my heart is melting for you, baby. That is not that. Amen. We're talking about the spirit, the inner man. And the Bible says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The things that we do are the things that come from our hearts. Amen. The things that we do are the things that come from our heart. The soul can receive a lot of things. Our emotions can bring a lot of things to us. Our will can bring a lot of things to us. Our minds can bring a lot of things to us. But often these are not the things that we do. Do you understand? What falls into our hearts are the things that we do. When the spirit agrees, then we do these things. Amen. Are you with me? Yeah. And so we read a scripture in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. And it says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing ascender of soul and spirit. So the word of God is what really defines or makes us aware of the border between the soul and the spirit. The word of God is able to separate. It says it's able to pierce ascender, dividing ascender of the soul and the spirit. And we say that when you allow things to accumulate in your soul, when you allow things to accumulate in your mind, they fall into your spirit. But when you have the word of God, it constantly, it constantly pierces between the soul and the spirit, such that the evil things that come to your mind, the evil things that your eyes bring to you, the evil things that you, you, you have a will to touch and to feel, the word of God is able to clear these things from you. Do you understand? And that is why you ought to subject yourself constantly to the word of God. It says it is like, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. If you don't have the word of God, your spirit is fed constantly by your soul. You see something and just as you will, you have no control over it. Just as it falls into your mind, you see that you are falling for it. Do you understand? But when you have the word of God, constantly it pierces these things. And then the pure heart, we read a scripture in Philippians chapter, I believe Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. We said this is, these are the things that come when a person has a pure heart, then your mind, then your will, your soul, these are the things that are filled with it. And then you have a pure spirit. 
He says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. Don't you like to be associated with a person like this? This is where God wants to bring you. Amen. Amen. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think of these things. Let your mind be about these things. Let your mind be about these things. Let these be the things that constantly fall onto your mind. Let these things accumulate in your mind. Then it says, the next verse, verse 9, it says, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Amen. 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 The God of peace shall be with you. Hallelujah. So let these things be on your mind. Don't take things for granted that you've seen a movie and it's just for granted. Oh, I'm just seeing. It has effects on you. You're listening to certain music, they have effect on you. You're listening to certain conversation, they have effect on you. Amen. But allow such pure things to be on your mind. Hallelujah. Today, I want us to continue. And I want to talk about the good work that God is doing on your finances. The good work that God is doing on your finances. Do you think we need to know that God is doing a good work on our finances? How many of you feel that you need God to really work on your finances? Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. We're talking about the good work that God is doing on your finances. Second Corinthians 8 and verse 9. He says, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Amen. 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 That ye through his poverty might be rich. In addition to your salvation, God wants you to be rich. God wants you to have wealth. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about spiritually rich. Of course, God wants you to be spiritually rich. But here, I'm talking about your finances. God wants you to be rich, to have wealth. Amen. You see, because in this scripture, people think it is about spiritual wealth. Okay? Spiritual wealth. Yes, God wants you to be spiritually rich. But that is not what we are talking about here in this scripture. Amen. Amen. So I want us to look at the scripture in context. Okay. So let's go to verse 1. Perhaps in the NLT, verse 1. And it says in the same scripture, in the same chapter, verse 1. I have it. You will be rich. Don't worry. You will be rich. You will have all things, including the NLT. <laughs> Amen. They have it. It says, Now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, 
what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. This is Paul writing to the Corinth church. He says, they are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They gave willingly. Okay. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped for. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. So we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Are we talking about money? Are we talking about giving? Okay. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. It's a good thing to give. I'm telling you, it's a good thing to give. There are some, some people don't like giving at all. You know, but it's a blessing to give. I am not commanding you to do this, but I am testing your genuine, I'm testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, Yet for your sakes, he became poor, so that by his poverty, he could make you rich. Are we talking about spiritual wealth here? No, we are talking about physical wealth. Money. You like money? Yes. God wants you to be rich. I said God wants you to be rich. Verse 10 says, verse 10, it says, here is my advice. Are you with me? It says, here is my advice. It will be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give. And you were the first to begin doing it. Some of you begin last year, you, you plan to give. Up to now, you have not given. Some of you made promises to Healing Jesus campaign to give. Last year, you have still not given. You made a pledge. But it is a good thing. Some of you joined Healing Jesus campaign and the orphanage and you were giving. You have stopped. But it says, Ben MP, Ben MP. Last year, you were the first. Who wanted to give? How many people want to be in Ben MP? And you all raised your hands. But now, you have stopped. It says you were the first to begin and you should continue it. Continue doing it. Verse 11, now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. And verse 12 says, whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Amen. So I just read this to explain to you 
that we are talking about spiritual wealth. I mean, we are talking about financial blessing. We are talking about physical wealth that God wants you to prosper. Amen. Because if we look again, look, look at the scripture in verse 12. I mean, verse, um, verse 9. Verse 9 in the King James Version. If we were to qualify the adjectives with an adverb, or is it, what is it? Adverb? Okay. If we were to qualify it, let's say something. <laughs> if we were to qualify the adjectives here, we say that for ye know the grace of, because if you say that this is not about financial blessing, but it's about wealth, it's about spiritual blessing, then it says, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was spiritually rich, okay, let's say that, okay, Let's say, you say it's spiritual things we are talking about. So he was spiritually rich, yet for your sakes, he became spiritually poor. That ye, through his spiritual poverty, might be spiritually rich. But we don't know any time that Jesus Christ was spiritually poor. He was never spiritually poor. Anyone who is spiritually poor is someone who is far from God. Are you with me? Anyone who is spiritually poor is someone who does not know scriptures, who doesn't understand scriptures. But Jesus Christ, he understood scriptures. He knew scriptures. When he was tempted, he quoted scriptures to overcome the enemy. Amen. So we cannot be talking about spiritual wealth here. We are talking about financially that God wants you to be rich. Amen. Amen. I say God wants you to be rich. Hallelujah. The Amplified Version in this one, the Amplified Version, you have to move really fast with me. It says, no, verse 9, yes. It says, for you are becoming progressively acquainted with and recognizing more strongly and clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his kindness, his gracious generosity, his undeserved favor and spiritual blessing. Are you with me? Okay, in that though he was so very rich, yet for your sakes he became so very poor, in order that by his poverty you might become enriched, abundantly supplied. Amen. Amen. You will be abundantly supplied. I say you will receive in abundance. The supply will be in abundance. Amen. Amen. And so look forward and expect it. That God will supply in abundance. Amen. So when you become saved, one of the good work that God begins in you is to work on your finances. Hallelujah. Third John, third John verse 2, third John verse 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospereth. I wish above all things, it is God's desire, top of his desires, that you will prosper and be in health as your soul prospereth. So as you prosper spiritually, God wants you to physically prosper also. Amen. The Amplified Bible says, 
Beloved, I pray that in every way you may succeed and prosper and be in good health physically. Are you with me? Just as I know your soul prospers spiritually. So there is a spiritual prosperity and God is talking about your physical, financial prosperity as well. God wants you to prosper. Amen. I say God wants you to prosper. I want you to remove that notion that Christians are not supposed to be rich. God wants you to prosper. God, God, it's, it's appropriate that you are a rich Christian. Amen. It is appropriate that you are a rich Christian. And God is working on your financial situation. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 and verse 17. Mark chapter 10 and verse 17. He says, And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Someone came to Jesus and asked. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and thy mother. Do you know these commandments? Yeah. So Jesus told him, you know these commandments. Do them. And the guy said, and he answered and said unto him, Master, this is child's play. Let's talk something seriously. He says, Master, all these I have observed from my youth. Since I was a child, these commandments, they are easy. <laughs> I mean, if it was just for these commandments, then heaven, I come. But let's talk about something serious. Tell me something serious. What makes going to heaven so difficult? That you are talking about. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing that thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross and follow me. Amen. See, now this is the reason why some people feel that if you are genuinely serving God, then you should be poor. That if you are genuinely selling, serving God, then go and sell everything you have and be poor and take up your cross and follow Jesus. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And the reason why many people don't like to serve God is the reason why many people, many of you don't want to be pastors. Because you think if you become a pastor, you'll be poor. Pastors are supposed to be poor. Isn't that so? Many of you don't want your children to be pastors. Because you are going to struggle in life. You see, because people have the notion that pastors ought to be poor. And so even if they see a pastor who owns um, a nice car, they think he's a thief. I heard that when Bishop Richard bought his first car in England and he drove to church, 
someone said, I will not pay my tithe in this church again. Just because the pastor bought a car. You see, so people have the notion that you ought to be poor to serve God. But that's not the case. God wants you to be rich. I said, God wants you to be rich. Let's continue to read. Verse 22, he says, And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. He had great possessions. He had great possessions. So when Jesus said it, he was very sad. Then Jesus looked around, looked round about, and said unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? How hardly? That means how difficult it will be for they that have riches to enter into the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words. I believe you are also astonished. He said the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again. Are you with me? Are you paying attention? And Jesus answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard it is for them that trust in riches. Underline it. Highlight it. Them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. He said, how hard it is for them that trust in riches. Amen. Now the reason why it is difficult for a rich person to go to heaven is because the rich tends to trust in their riches. The rich tends to trust in their riches. That is why you don't see a lot of rich people in churches. It's not the riches, but they are trust in the riches. That is why it is difficult for the rich, but that will not be your story. That is why you are learning this now. As God is working on your finances. So that when God brings you to that place, you will not trust in your riches. You will not stop coming to church when God prospers you. Amen. When God makes you millionaires here in this church. You know, I don't know if you have seen signs already. But I see prosperity here in this church. Yes. Amen. You know, God is going to make a millionaire who is going to make other people here millionaires in this church. In this church. You're going to come, you're going to come into wealth. 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 Here in this church. You mark it. I believe that when I came here, I told you that Jesus has moved here with me. And he's still working. Wealth. Pure wealth in this place. Yes. Amen. He said the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard. Is it 
for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. The next verse. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Because they trust in riches, but you will not trust in riches. I say you will not trust in riches. You will be prosperous men and women who do not trust in riches. Amen. That is why it should be easy for you to let go. It should be easy to give. Amen. You see, look, prosperity is beautiful. It's good to be rich. Look, it is not good to be poor. I am telling you, it is not good to be poor. I will choose, I will choose prosperity rich. I will choose to be rich over poverty any day. Any day. I refuse to be poor. I refuse to be poor. Say, I refuse to be poor. Say, God forbid that I am poor. No. Why? It's not a good thing to be poor. It's not good to be poor. Look, when you are poor, you are not even a nice person. It's a misfortune. You are angry all the time. a risk factor for a lot of diseases. Poverty. Risk factor for diabetes. Risk factor for hypertension. Risk factor for kidney failure. A lot of people on dialysis are poor people. It's not good to be poor. It's not good. Everything. Poverty. The poor. Everything. You have risk factors for them. It's not good to be poor. If God is saying he wishes above all things that that may prosper and be in hell, even as your soul prospers. Does it mean you should be poor? No, 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 no. No. Ah. You don't even look nice when you are poor. You are walking and you are forgetful. You know, you can walk and stand somewhere you are forgetful. You know, sometimes I meet some people and they are walking and they, they are thinking too much. You know, and you can tell that they are forgotten where they are going. It's not good. It's not good to be poor. And then you see it as they are going, they are talking. It's poverty. Poverty. Talking to themselves. Calculating in the head. Listen, poverty is not good. Never, never, never. It's not good to be poor. It's not good to be poor. If it was good, God will never wish that you prosper above all things. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, when we come to Christ, you see, he says, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Then, and they were astonished even more, out of measure. <laughs> because as they have come, they have come with plans to prosper. So the way the conversation was going, he says, come again, master. 
Come again. What are you talking about? Explain. We need explanation here. He said they were astonished out, um, out of measure, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? Did you hear the guy and what he was saying? Then who then can be saved? Because if this is the way, then I don't want salvation. <laughs> the way the preaching is going, if this is what he's talking about, then take your salvation and go. <laughs> Do you understand? So they were talking among themselves. And then Jesus looking upon them said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. You can be saved and be rich and not trust in riches. With God, it's possible. I say with God, you can be saved and be rich and prosper and be in hell. Even as your soul prospers, as you are growing spiritually, you can also be rich. With God, it's possible. It's only in men. Because men, they will tend to trust in their riches. But not when we are with God. So Peter didn't understand. And Peter, he's vocal. He asks for him, he speaks his. When it's on his mind, he doesn't let it drop into his spirit and cause trouble. He said, Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, it's like, Where? We have left all. We have left all. Hey! Because Peter. Jesus met these people, they are fishermen by the seaside. He says, Lo, we have left all and followed thee. So, this thing that you are talking about, we had businesses that we were running, we were feeding our families, we were making money, and we have left all. We had work. We could have worked over time this Tuesday evening. And we have left all. We have come here to sit here. So master, clarify, clarify. (laughs) Explain the things further. (laughs) Bring out the preaching clearly. (laughs) Because we have left certain things as we are sitting here. Some of us have paid some toes for a while. We have left some things. We have let go some things as we are here. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man, say no man. There is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters. Have you left some people as you are sitting here? Have you left some things as you are sitting here? There's no man who has left brethren. Have you left some houses, some warm, comfortable homes where you could have been sleeping and you have come here? He said, there is no man that had left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and gospels for the sake of the gospel is it not the reason why you are here is it not for the sake of the gospel that you are here he says no one like you who has left things 
and come for the sake of the word of God. But he shall receive an hundredfold spiritual wealth in heaven. Mansions in heaven. Is that what we are talking about, Kwame? He says he shall receive an hundredfold now, in this time, now, now, now. Robert, now, in this time. Now, in this time, houses. The scripture says you have left house. You have left brothers and sisters and mother and father. One, one. You left one, one. <laughs> but now, it says you will receive hundredfold now in this time houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, children, lands, but with persecutions. Say amen. It comes with it. It's a package. You have to take it or leave it. Amen. Bishop was sharing and then he said that there was a pastor under the spirit and his church he saw the church enlarging and then he was preaching to his pastors who were around and he said you will be my pastor in Netherlands and then he says I receive it and this one he said you will be my pastor in London I receive it he said you will be my pastor in Paris I receive it he said, you'll be my pastor in Denmark. I receive it. You'll be my pastor in Australia. I receive it. And then he went to another one. He said, you'll be my pastor in Togo. I he said, God forbid. <laughs> Togo. He said, God for really big. <laughs> he said, I refuse the curse. I come against this curse. I refuse. Hey. <laughs> Togo. <laughs> but there are souls in Togo. <laughs> it says, but with persecution. Look, it is real. When you come to the Lord, look, when you come to the Lord, you will have all these brothers and sisters. You will have mothers. You have fathers that you can go to. Do you understand? You will have houses. But they are with persecution. They are with persecution. They will talk about you. Do you understand? They will talk about you. If you prosper, people will talk about you. Do you understand? People will talk about you. Then if they have not talked about you, it's not real prosperity. Do you understand? There's no re- because it should come with persecution. Do you understand? You will come and you have many children, many children, and then the same children they will start persecuting you. Hey, now they say that when she's coming and we don't take her back, she's angry. The same blessing it comes with it. It's a persecution. Do you understand? So you have to welcome that. It's a package. The same children they will bless you and they say, "Look at this car." Look at his house. 
It comes with a package. So you don't be angry. You receive the package. Amen. So he says, with persecution and in the world to come, eternal life. Eternal life. So it is not, it's not some spirit we are waiting to go to heaven before we enjoy. God wants us to prosper now. Now. Amen. I said God wants us to prosper in this life. Now. He wants us to prosper. But with persecution. But he shall receive a hundredfold. A hundredfold. That is the plan of God for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Now, when we come to Christ as born again, when we come to Jesus, we do not all start from the same financial levels. Do you understand? We don't all start at the same financial level. We came with, we came with different conditions and different situations and different circumstances when we came to Christ. And so the race will not be the same for everyone. Do you understand? The race will not be the same for everyone. And we have to also understand that there are several reasons why people are poor. There are several different reasons why people do not have money. Do you understand? So the reason why you are poor is not the same reason why another person is poor. It's not the same reason. Do you understand? So, though the end result is the same, it's poverty, but different reasons. <laughs> Do you understand? It will all end to the same road, that poverty is poverty. Isn't that so? Poverty is poverty. He says, and God needs to work on us individually. God needs to work individually on us. To bring us at least to a certain level, at least to a zero level, before we start prospering. Do you understand? God has to bring us wherever he finds you. Some of us, we come to God in a far negative. Do you understand? But God has to bring us to a a, a level of zero. Because if you are coming from negative, you have to come to zero. Before you start adding. Isn't that so? Or you don't know simple mathematics. This is arithmetic. (laughs) Amen. Now, now the first thing, some of us came to God as born again, already in debt. We came to God, when we became born again, we were owing. Do you understand? You were owing when you came to God. It's not everyone who was owing by the time they came to God. Amen. Amen. So in your situation, you came to Christ in the minus. You came to Christ in the negative. Do you understand? Now when God begins to work on you, he has to first nullify your debts and bring you to a zero level. Robert, do you understand the word of God? Yes. He has to bring you to a zero level because you came with a negative. Some of you came owing banks. You owe banks. Some of you, you owe credit card companies. Isn't that so? Some of you, you owe landlords. You have not paid your landlord for several months. 
Some of you owe some municipal credit unions. <laughs> Isn't that so? Some of you owe your friends and your cousins. Some of you, the reason why your cousin has not come to church, you can't invite your cousin because you owe your cousin. Isn't that so? Some of you, 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 your friends cannot come here. You will never want your friends to come here because you owe them. Isn't that so? Sometimes some people come to me, they call me, that your church member, pastor, your church member, there's your church member, this person owes me. And I want my money. I said, how do I come in? Yes. <laughs> hey. The other day, some woman called me facing me. Hey, seriously. And I said, um, anyway. <laughs> I said, how could you have made arrangement like this, not including me? And now you, are want, you want to include me in this situation. This solution. Amen. So, a lot of us came at different levels. But God wants to work on all of these issues. Amen. God wants to work on all of these issues. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 7. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 7. Hallelujah. Proverbs 22, verse 7. It says, The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is a servant to the lender. The borrower is a servant to the lender. So for many of us, when we came to Christ, we were servant to others already. Because we owe. We had borrowed. Do you understand? You owe different people, and they rule your life. The reason why you have, you have to wake up early in the morning is because you have a master who you have to pay. Do you understand? You have a master who is ruling and says, go, and you have to go. Amen. But when you come to God, he wants you to serve him alone. He doesn't want you to have any other master. Amen. God wants you to serve him alone. Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24. He said, no man can serve two masters. No man can serve two masters. And he says, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon, or you cannot serve God and money. You can't do that. But as you have come to God, you owe many people. Some of you owe credit card companies. As you have come to God, you, owe, you have another master. You want God to be your master, but MasterCard is also your master. Visa is your master. Huh? Discover card is your master. American Express says go, and you have to go. Macy's card. Macy's is your master. Isn't that so? 
So for many people, the reason why we cannot serve God, the way we would want to serve God is because of other masters that are in our lives. I'm telling you. Because of other masters that are in our lives, we are not able to serve God the way we want to serve God. There are many people who want to be in, the reason why they are not in this Tuesday service is because of other masters. Many people. It's because of other masters. Amen. But God wants to set you free. God wants to set you free from all these masters. Hallelujah. And some of you, you owe more than others. Some owe more than others. Some also don't owe at all. Do you understand? Some don't owe anything. But some owe more than others. And so, we are coming from different levels. Amen. We are all coming from different levels. And God has to work on all of us. No matter what level you are, he says he has begun a good work in you. And he's faithful also to complete it. And so God has begun a good work on your finances. Wherever you find yourself, whatever level you are, whatever stage you are, God has to work on you to bring you somewhere else. Amen. Whatever level you find yourself, be confident of this very thing that God is working on your finances. Amen. Hallelujah. Is it good news? Now, the second circumstance that we bring along as we come to the Lord is the different capacities to earn. Okay? We come to the Lord with different capacities to earn. Amen. Now, when it comes to prosperity, when it comes to prosperity, one of the common things you hear in the Bible or one of the common phrases you hear or sentences you hear in the Bible is that God will bless the work of your hand. How many have heard that before? God will bless the work of your hand. God will bless the work of your hand. When God was promising his prosperity to the people of Israel, that was his blessing, that he will bless the work of your hand. Amen. And so God will always bless you through the work of your hand. The work of your hand is God's primary means to prosper you, to bring you prosperity, or to bring you blessings. Hallelujah. God always wants to bless you through the work of your hand. Amen. Amen. So whatever work you do, God wants to bless you through that work. Amen. Amen. Now, there is something called earning capacity. Who has heard that before? Earning capacity. Okay? Now, that is what determines how much you earn. And that also depends on how well you are trained or how skillful you are. That will determine your earning capacity also. Now, the world rewards you depending on your training or your skill. That is how the world will reward you. And usually that comes through our education. Now when we come to Christ, we come with different levels of education. I'm teaching you something. And you have to understand. So you'll be confident 
in this very thing that God wants you to prosper. Amen. Amen. When we come to Christ, we come with different levels of education. And this alone, this different level, rearranges us or positions us in different places as far as finances are concerned. Are you with me? The different levels of education. And these differences account for where we are starting from, where God begins to work on us, the levels, these differences. Because you realize that not everyone got to go to school when they were supposed to go to school. Are you with me? Not everyone had the opportunity. Not everyone had the opportunity to go to school. Or not everyone had even the opportunity to go to a good school. Amen. Not everyone had someone even to take care of them as they were going to school. But we have all come to Christ. Do you understand? Not everyone had a means. Not everyone had some parent who was financially stable enough to take care of them to go through certain level of education. And even not everyone had someone even to advise you. Advise you to go to school. That school is good. Go to school. Not everyone had the opportunity or had someone to advise you to earn a degree. Amen. Not everyone had someone to encourage them. Not everyone. As difficult as it was, some of you, you almost dropped off. But someone was there to encourage you. That is some of the work that God is doing in you. Not everyone has that. So we have all come to Christ at different levels. Amen. We have all come to Christ at different levels. Even even you went to school, not everyone had someone to advise you what to study or what to do. That do this and it will help you. Do this and you will do well. You went and you just did anything. And you, you, you graduated, but there's nothing. Do you understand? Not everyone had that. So, there are, besides this also, there are those also who had the truancies. Do you understand? They say go to school, and then you, you jump through the window. And you didn't go. Someone was going to school, he says, I saw a snake in the way, or I saw, I, I saw a lion in the way, and you didn't go to school. You came home. He said, you met a lion <laughs> in the way. <laughs> and you didn't go to school. Others also, we fooled around in our sinful nature, in our sinful ways. We were fooling around, doing all kinds of things. Chasing girls, chasing boys, going to discos. Do you know disco? Yes. Yes. Now they say clubbing. But in our days, they call it disco. <laughs> do you understand? Some of you sneaking from school to do all kinds of things as others were studying. And you didn't have anyone to counsel you. You were not born again. You didn't have a counselor. You didn't have a father, a mother to counsel you. There's so many things that you didn't know. Do you understand? And there were some of you also who were just bad. There were some who were just bad boys and girls. Just bad. Want to be bad. And a part of you being bad is I will fail. So you will see. It's like I'm bad. I will fail. 
<laughs> Have you seen some of those people before? Yeah. They are part of showing that they are really bad is I will fail the test. I'll, I'm not taking it. <laughs> Do you understand? You see? Stupidity like that. <laughs> Amen. So you realize that we all come to Christ at different levels. We have all come to Christ at different levels. Even our capacity to earn. We have all come at different levels. And now we are born again. We, are, we have received Jesus Christ. And so God wants to work now on wherever you met him. Whatever stage. You met Christ at a stage where you didn't go to school. You were chasing girls. And you were chasing boys. And you didn't go to school. And now you have met Christ. But God is saying, be confident in this very thing. That you also, wherever you met him, he's working also on your finances. To bring you to a certain place. Hallelujah. There is so much I want to share with you. But if we... um, We'll continue on. We will not finish. So we, I want us to pause here. And then next week, God willing, next time we meet, we will continue with our message. Put your hands together for the Lord. And stand to your feet. Oh, Jesus. We are thankful that we found you. We are grateful, Lord. We are thankful. How blessed it is that we found you. Oh, Jesus. Where would we be if we have not met you? We are grateful, Lord. We are thankful. We are thankful. You have plans concerning us. Plans for our lives. Plans for our lives. To bring us to a place of expectation. You have plans concerning our lives. Oh, Jesus. You say you have begun a good thing. A good thing in our finances. And we are confident. We declare that we are confident of this very thing. That what you have begun in us, you are faithful also. One here this afternoon. Jesus Christ is not your savior. You have not given your life to Jesus. If you are here this afternoon, you want to give your life to Jesus. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Christ in my life. Maybe you come to church every Sunday. But you know deep in your heart that you are very far from Jesus. You are very far from God. If you were to die today, you are not even sure where you will go. If that is you, this afternoon, I'm giving you this great opportunity. Why don't you lift up your right hand with all eyes closed. Every head bowed. You say, I feel very far from Jesus. I want to give my life to Christ. If that is your prayer, do not leave this place without giving your life to Christ. You may not have that opportunity again. You may not have that opportunity again. He said, be sure of your salvation. Be sure of your salvation. If that is your prayer, I want you to lift up your right hand, wherever you are. Just lift up your right hand and I will say this short prayer with you. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Lift up your right hand and I will say this short prayer with you. Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice you made for us. Even whilst we were still sinners, Lord, you sacrificed. 
you lay down your life for us. We are grateful unto you. We thank you for your word that continues to light our path. We thank you, Lord Jesus. May you keep us, preserve us, deliver us from the wicked one. Deliver us from his subtlety. Deliver us from his lies. Deliver us from his deception. Deliver us from bad counseling in the name of Jesus. Deliver us from ungodly counsel. Deliver us from the counsel of the ungodly. Lord, may you keep us. May your word be a guide unto us. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Rev. Bright Nkuma, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North Podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.